right. Well, hey, group leaders. This is Hunter. And Amy. And we are coming at you for the first time on a podcast. Yeah, we just thought this might be an easier way for you guys to um, listen to this talk. We know that podcasts are great when you're washing dishes, driving in the car, watching kids play outside. So, And you don't have to see us. So <laughs> hopefully this is helpful. You don't have to see my horrible hair, in which I've not had a haircut in like two months. So. Okay, just because of that, I'm now going to post a picture on the Leading Well Facebook page so that... Um, you guys can see that. <sighs> that Hunter looks is not lovely. loving. That's not living out with one another's. Okay. So anyways, group leaders, we so miss you right now. I really wish we were in person and we could see you and uh, gather around and share what God's been doing in our groups, in our lives, in our families, um, and just be present with each other. Um, but Coffee, donuts, and childcare would yes, be amazing right now. That would be so good right now. But uh, with everything going on with social distancing and the pandemic, we still wanted to do some type of training. To where we could help equip you guys um, and help you, especially during this time right now, how to lead, um, how to lead your people and, and care for your people in such a strange time as this. And so um, that that is what we're going to be talking about in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to start off with a few updates. So first, I want to talk a little bit about um, everything going on with what Governor Kemp has shared and what our kind of plan is moving forward with groups and the church and so on. So. By this point, uh, James, you should have seen an update on social media um, about just kind of our plan moving forward. I think James will even address it on Sunday. Um, but for the meantime, you know, just to keep our people safe, we're, we're still not going to be meeting in person um, on Sundays and even for groups right now. Um, so we're going to keep you posted as far as the plan um, of when we feel like it'll be safe again to meet in person as groups. And as far as what procedures you guys can take um, and precautions just to keep everyone safe. Um, but if your group does feel comfortable and everyone feels safe enough to start meeting, honestly, what I would really encourage is to do smaller gender-based gatherings. So, you know, if you have a married group or a couples group, um, uh, just for the sake of kids and, and, and size as well, uh, meeting both, you know, meeting kind of separately. The, the men can, uh, can meet individually and, and the, the spouses can meet as well. And so that way they can take care of the kids and, um, and it'll just be safer, smaller gatherings. Everybody so. gets community and everybody yeah. gets a break. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, but just know that we're right now going to be creating some resources to help you if you do decide to start meeting in person soon. But for now, we really want to encourage you to keep meeting online. Uh, you know, use some of the digital platforms that we've we've shared, like Zoom or Google Hangouts. Um, you know, there's there's a lot out there, and so if you need any help with that stuff, again, please let us know. Um, and secondly, I want to also let you know that we have completed our competency webpage. Um, so if you remember, last quarter uh, we sent out a group leader assessment for you guys to take to kind of evaluate yourself on our five competencies, and we wanted to follow up with a web page with some resources on for each of those competencies to help you continue to grow in whichever areas you're wanting to grow in. So you can check that out at crosspointcity.church slash training. Um, we'll probably include a link and send it out with you guys so you can check that out and you know it'll be broken out by competency and you can see just a, a, some different resources to help you grow in those areas. And so we really hope that you find that helpful 
And uh, if you have any questions or uh, need more information, please just reach out and let us know. So that's really it for updates right now. So we're gonna go ahead and jump into our topic, which is living out the one another's during a time of social distancing. Um, and so to get us started, I actually wanna read um, from Hebrews 10, uh, two verses for us uh, to, to get us to jump in. So this is Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So what I want us to talk about today is how do we live out this right now? How do we live out this verse in a time like this? You know, what does it look like to live out the one another commands of encouraging one another and, you know, he talks about meeting together and stirring up one another in love and good works. How do we live this out during a time of social distancing and during a pandemic? And, you know, why the world around us is wondering, how do we just simply get through this pandemic? You know, how, how do we get through this with the least amount of damage and effects on our own personal lives? I think this gives the church really an amazing opportunity for us to be somewhat of a beacon of light and hope, um, to, to care for our neighbors, to serve our community. But before we get into that, and, and how do we do this, I wanna first talk about why does this matter? Why does living out the one another's matter so much right now? Why can't we just put group on hold? Why can't we just stop things for a season and pick it back up when things are safe again? Um, and really, I think there's a few important reasons. You know, the first being that this is what Christ would have us do. You know, Jesus was our example of what it looks like to selflessly love our neighbors when it's most inconvenient for us. You know, there are many times in the gospels where Jesus, he'll go out of his way to meet the needs of others and to care for them in their time of need. And you know, why, why would he do this? Well, it's because Jesus, as he tells us, he came to serve, not to be served, right? That's a big part of our, even our move initiative, you know, that we're, we're called to follow the example of Jesus and, and serve others, even when it's inconvenient for us and costly for us. You know, he shows us that as his disciples, we're to follow in his footsteps and loving our neighbors and putting their interests before our own. And of course, you know, the greatest display of this sacrificial love was at Calvary, where Christ willingly laid down his life for people who were sick and who were in need of a savior. And so Jesus modeled this for us. This is what he would have us do as believers. And in fact, throughout history, we see examples of this during times of a pandemic or a plague and so on. This, this, was an opportunity for believers to, um, to live out their love in a watching world. Um, but another reason why this matters right now is because we have a responsibility to one another as the church. You know, as group leaders, we know this more than anyone, right? The church is a family. And as a family, we have a responsibility to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, even when it's most inconvenient for us. And we don't do this because we have to. But we do this out of the love that was shown to us as those who were once outsiders and strangers, right? But we've been adopted. We've been adopted into the family of God. And so as brothers and sisters, we have a responsibility to one another. When we have a brother in need or a sister in need, 
We have a responsibility to care and to meet those needs as uh, the family of God. So we love and serve others because we've been loved and we've been served by Christ first. So that's another reason why this is really important. And one of the last reasons why I think living out the one another's in a time like this is just so important is that it gives such a unique opportunity to the church. You know, Jesus on his Sermon on the Mount said, he describes the church and the people of God as a city on a hill. You know, this metaphor that explains how our light can shine so brightly when we are surrounded by darkness. You know, picture, if you picture a city on a hill, you know, on how, how that puts light on display in a dark world. And right now we live in a very dark world, um, a, a world that's filled with fear, filled with anxiety. And, you know, what an amazing opportunity that that gives us as God's people to give hope and to put that hope on display to a watching world. So those, those are just a few reasons why we believe it's so important for us to be so intentional with our time right now, because our community is watching, especially our community, right? We've been really impacted by COVID and, um, and with gov governing authorities making certain calls and people on social media and how they're responding to everything, people are watching us. And so it's really important that we are intentional with the way we respond and we use it. We use that in a, in a good way to shine the light of Christ and to love and serve other people. So with that said, I want to talk a bit about how we do this. How, how can we practice these one another's in a time like this where I have to stay six feet apart from Amy Clackham right now as we're even <laughs> recording this, you know? So how, how do I help serve my neighbor when it's dangerous outside and, you know, there, we have to take all these safety precautions and I have to, you know, meet with my group through Zoom and FaceTime. And so we wanted to actually just kind of have a conversation about some practical ways in which we can do this that we hope is helpful for you. And then we're going to end our time with a Q&A at the very end with some questions that you guys have sent in. So first off, how can we practice the one another's right now? So one of the ways I think we can really do this as group leaders um, is just through calling and checking in consistently with our group members. You know, uh, normally when before all of this hit, meeting as a group physically once a week may have been okay for our group to get by during the week. Um, but right now with the lack of physical contact and, and being together, um, I think right now we just really feel the need for, we feel our need for one another. And so, um, you know, I think that our group members need more than just a daily, I mean, sorry, a weekly video call to check in uh, for groups. So I think one of the ways that we can really care for each other right now is, is to call individual group members, check in with them. It doesn't have to be, you know, daily or, or, you know, even weekly necessarily, but even if you just call one group member a week, um, just to check in with them, how are they doing with everything going on? How are they getting by? Um, you know, ask how you can be uh, praying for them. You know, um, you know, encourage some ways that your group can be creative. Literally last night, my group played Catan online. <laughs> like it wasn't a group meeting. Uh, it wasn't even really a scheduled thing. We were just like, hey, let's all hang out and, and do a video call together and, and do something fun. Uh, I heard some, uh, an idea of some groups that did lunch together online. Um, you know, everyone's at home and lunch is a regular thing that happens. And so uh, some groups will literally FaceTime each other and just have lunch together. 
so so get creative. You know, think of some ways that there's, you can do that. There's even an app called Marco Polo. And so that allows you to do short video messages mm. to a group. And so that's yeah. a great way to continue conversations throughout the week. Yeah. You're seeing each other's faces. Exactly. You're hearing what's going on. You can lift each other up, you know, as the need arises. But right. it's also just a great check-in. Yeah. No, exactly. And so whatever you do, you know, the big thing we want to encourage is just don't stop meeting as a group. And um, that right now, that is so important. Even this Hebrews 10 passage about don't neglect meeting together. Right now, we can't really do it in person. But, um, but as a group, we have tools, thankfully, in the, in the 21st century to meet digitally. And so whatever you do, just don't stop meeting and, and use this time as best as you can to, to really care well for your people. Prioritize that right now. So another thing we want to talk about is, you know, we share a lot about bearing each other's burdens. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really important, but we also need to do that with healthy boundaries. We want to do it in a way that um, is truly supportive of the person and um, not taking ownership of the situation, but just walking with them. Um, it's really important that we don't try to step in to be someone's savior, but that we mm-hmm. care well. And that's such an interesting and, and hard line to find sometimes. I know for me personally, this can be a little bit difficult because I am an empathetic person. So if I say I care about what's going on with somebody, I truly care mm. to a point where sometimes my mind can get wrapped up in it, my thoughts can get wrapped up in it. And um, if I'm already being pressed with stress and hard times, sometimes I can allow my boundaries to slip there. And so when we talk about bearing one another's burdens, I just really believe this means helping bear them to Christ with them. You're coming alongside them. um, And if there's physical needs that we can help with, absolutely. Our church is um, mobilized to do that. We are um, wanting groups to to jump in and help each other out. That's super important. But it also means not trying to take over somebody's situation or try to fix it yourself. Um, we can only fix the things that we have actual ownership of. And I know once I learned that, it really helped me bear burdens more successfully with the people that I care about. Mm-hmm. And so as we bear burdens wisely, it's really about praying for each other, praying with each other. If they're sharing about hard things that they have in their sphere of life, yeah. it's about praying over them as they go about those things. Mm-hmm. Not everybody trying to jump in and um, be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We- well, and I think one of the best ways we can do that is just by listening. And I think that's one of the best ways we can bear each other's burdens is just, um, you know, if you've got people who they've lost their job or they're hurting right now, or maybe they're struggling with mental illness or depression or whatever, just to just to be an open ear, mm. you know, to 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 be there to listen, to not feel like you have to give this great advice or do all this kind of stuff. Sometimes what people need is just for you to bear their burdens by listening to them and knowing that you care. Yeah, you know? I love that. I mm-hmm. love that. Sometimes I know for moms, yeah. it's getting that um, that one-on-one FaceTime once mm-hmm. everybody's in bed and we finally have some peace and some quiet and we right. can share about just the hard things of that day and mm-hmm. then encourage each other because the next day is going to be better. Yeah. Well, I'm a verbal processor. So one of the ways that my uh, my friends like to bear my burdens is just by listening to me verbally process things. You and, are? I had no yeah. idea. Oh, yeah. No, I have to talk <laughs> out all my problems and then they get fixed. So anyway, so yeah, another way we can help live out the oneers right, one another's right now is um, is just by continuing to practice time in the Word and time in confession. So you know in the beginning of the year we talked about our practices as groups, right? Time in fellowship, um, uh, time in the word, and time in confession and prayer. And right now, 
we know that your group time may look a lot like fellowship and we know it's not in person, but a lot of people are catching up about their weeks. They're catching up about, you know, the struggles of being stuck at home all the time or business isn't doing really well or struggling with having to work at home with, with kids and everything else. Um, and, and that is very understandable. In fact, we've even kind of encouraged you like, hey, be flexible as a group leader and know that that may take up more time than usual. And that's okay, because your people need, uh, I think that time, especially right now, just to, just to share and, and to be prayed for. But uh, be sure and be careful not to neglect um, practicing time in the word together and time in confession and prayer. In fact, especially during this time, I think our people need God's word more than ever. They, they really need to be spending time um, undistracted, uh, just hearing from God in his word. And I think that this season can even present a unique opportunity to be able to do that, um, to spend more time reading the word, to spend more time reading books and listening to things that stir their affections for God. And so during group time, um, you know, it, even if you have to for your Zoom call, let's set time limits to where you make sure that you do spend a good amount of time discussing, hey, what is the Lord teaching you this week through his word? How does your time in the word look like right now? And to be, to be honest, some of your group members may mention like, hey, yeah, I'll be honest, it's, it's really hard to be in the word right now. Uh, that's okay. And, and I'm glad you're, you know, you've shared that. We want to help you um, be able to protect time to be in the word daily. Because the truth is, while that may very well be the reality for some people, we don't want it to be an excuse. We don't want it to be, a, you know, with everything going on, I just can't. You know, we know that's not true. In fact, you know, Netflix views are going up through the roof and people are probably spending way more time on social media than they ever have before. And so trying to find, help them take the steps they need. By the way, if you hear that really weird noise, that's our AC unit. So just know that there's not like a cat dying in the background. But, uh, but yeah, just helping your people protect time for spiritual disciplines like that. And, uh, and, and also protecting time for confession and prayer. Um, you know, I know that it may be a little awkward for you transitioning group online and meeting digitally. But just know that um, after doing it a few times, your people will warm up to it. They'll get more comfortable. Um, I know that's been the case for my group. And so it's so important, too, that you protect time for people to be walking in the light together. You know, I'd mentioned that this time was a time of exposure for me. You know, your people are being at home with their families more than they ever have in their entire life. And so uh, this could be very revealing for them about how, you know, irritable I can get and how impatient I can get and, and the struggles that I have. Um, and, and so giving them space to confess that, walk in the light with that, help them walk in repentance together and especially to spend time in prayer with one another. Um, so it's just really important that we help not neglect those practices, um, even through something like Zoom. So, you know, it's funny, Hunter brought up just the household situation that we've got going on now and how one another's don't just apply to outside of our homes, mm -hmm. but they very much apply to inside of our homes. Yeah. Struggle for me is I know that um, I am super empathetic to people that are outside of my house, but I feel like I almost turn into a mob boss once I'm at home, like one more word and I will cut you, stop asking for more food <laughs> or whatever the situation is. And so you may be a much better person than I am at that, but um, it is a lot harder for me at times to serve my family well. And so I was reminded of 1 Timothy 5.8, and it talks about how we really show the gospel by providing for our own household. Mm -hmm. 
And so a few things that I have tried to put in place in my own mind with this is to understand that we are all feeling the same pressure. If I am stressed out, I know my husband is stressed out. I know kids are stressed out. You know, they, um, they might tell us these things different ways, whereas we can really verbalize things. Kids um, become fussier. They're, they have body ailments. Their stomachs hurt. There's situations that come up, and just being aware of that, that's them showing anxiety. We've had more issues at night with bedtime and, and fear at that time, and that's, that's anxiety um, exposing itself in my daughter. And so being aware of that um, is important. I also... And stick with me here because this sounds a little weird, but I want to assume intentions. And I know usually assuming is a bad thing, but um, we are in general, all of us in loving, caring relationships. And because of that, we need to assume that they are thinking the best. They are wanting the best for us and we want the best for them. So when situations come up that are frustrating or driving us a little crazy, if I assume that my husband is not coming at me with harm, but he's in a hard, stressed out place too, I can really change the lens that I see this frustration in and care for him better and also get really good at asking. I think we, um, we go about our days the way that we normally go about our days, except we are interacting a ton more. We have a lot more on our plate. Some of us, um, some of us are crisis schooling and that alone feels really hard. And so I say, ask each other what you need. Make that a common conversation at the dinner table. Hey, this has been a hard day. How can I help you? What do you need? Is it focused quality time? I've learned through my daughter that sitting next to her on my computer while she's doing her homework on her computer does not count as quality time for her little heart. So what she needs is for me to go outside and play for a little while. Um, My husband is learning from me that I need alone time. And so us taking turns, caring for each other in that, asking for how we can help each other and asking what we need. It's okay to say, this is really hard. Here's what I need today. Can you help me out with this? Um, I just think that the more that we are able to serve each other, again, the more we will shine the light that Hunter is talking about because we won't be griping on social media. We won't be, um, you know, frustrated every time we're talking to somebody. It's this is an opportunity to show that God doesn't just work outside of our homes. God is an integral part of who we are inside our house as well. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, yeah, did you want to talk some about serving opportunities? I would love to, yeah. yeah um, <laughs> sorry, I'm really passionate about the household no, serving because well, it's, it's preaching to myself right now. of singleness. I'm sorry. Oh, mm. <laughs> so... Uh, Hunter also asked me to share just a little bit about serving opportunities. And, you know, our community has done such a phenomenal job rallying around the people Mm -hmm. in need. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Red Door Pantry, which is serving alongside of Bless Coalition and Will to Way Food, has served over 24,000 meals. Um, Crosspoint has worked with Backpack Buddies and other churches are joining in too. And we're, we're serving food to kids during breaks and during downtimes. Um, and we also have a team of personal shoppers here at Crosspoint. So these are really great ways that if you are able to uh, adjust your schedule, make sure that childcare is covered, you know, joining in and doing some of these serving opportunities with your small group, um, it's a way to see them, but be distanced. It's a way to serve our community in a positive way. And, you know, Hunter talked before about 
um, having kind of gender-based opportunities to be together. And so it's a great time for the guys. They can all rally around caring for the kids. The ladies can get out and um, do some things to help the community and vice versa. Um, I saw just last night that um, some Crosspoint folks were cooking at one in the morning um, for the people at our local hospital. And I just think that's a phenomenal way to say, you guys are doing an amazing job and we really care about you. Um, that is not something that I would ever in a million years attempt because sleep is super important to me, but <laughs> that's a time where I would be happy to stay home with the kids and, and let a husband go and do that kind of thing. So there are great opportunities. We have a page for this on our website. So if you go to the church at home, um, and by the way, if you've not been to church at home, you absolutely need to spend some time on there because there's yeah. not just these opportunities. Right. There's adult mm -hmm. opportunities. There's tons of stuff for our kids. Mm -hmm. Students are posting things. Mm -hmm. It's really important. It's a great way to stay connected. So yeah. encourage your people to be connected to this as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, we've even got our classes uh, content posted up there as well. So, um, well, cool. Well, I think the last thing that I just want to would note here is... Um, we, we understand that, you know, as group leaders, you guys give a lot, you give a lot of your time, you get a lot of, uh, even just your emotional capacity with caring for your people. And we know right now it's probably really straining on you as well. And so that's why I want to encourage you to make sure that you have your one another's as well. Mm. And what I mean by this is I know that, uh, sometimes you know your group members may not exactly be those who are challenging you and walking intimately with you as the leader uh, my hope would be that you would have some of those relationships in your own group that you lead but uh, i think it's also important for us as group leaders to make sure that we have one another's around us that we have people who are caring for us investing in us challenging us walking alongside us so I'm, i know even outside my group i have a few guys who um, are pouring into me who are challenging me, who I kind of go to for help. And so if you don't have those people, you know, be praying that the Lord would put those people, um, you know, in front of you and, and that you would uh, get people around you who can care for you and be um, your one another's. And so, um, yeah, I, I just think right now, especially it's just been revealing about how much I need people that I'm walking very intimately and openly and honestly with. And so as group leaders, just make sure that you know you have one another's around you as well. Um, that way you can be poured into as you're regularly pouring out into others. So, all right, well, now we're going to move real quickly to a time of Q&A. Hey, but before we do that, if you have made it this far, we're really thankful that you stuck with us. The Q&A is going to be great, but... For the first 10 people that reply to the email that this came out in to the groups at crosspointcity.com, the first 10 folks email us back saying, I listen to your podcast, and we're going to send you a $5 Starbucks gift card to get a little extra pep in your step <laughs> as, you as we go about uh, this next week. So yeah. shoot that email over to us. and We'll um, treat you with a Starbucks. Absolutely, because yeah. we so appreciate you. That's so cool. That feels like an advertisement. Yeah. Respond to our podcast and you'll get a $5 Starbucks gift Sponsored card. By yep. Sponsored Crosspoint. by CrossPointCity.Church. Okay, cool. Yes. All right. Well, now, q and I called it q and I mean to call it Q&R. Question and response. We because we know we don't have the answers. We don't have the answers. <laughs> but we can't. I can't promise you a response. So we're going to answer five questions for you. 
And the first one is, how long are we going to be meeting like this? <laughs> how long are we gonna continue as groups to meet digitally and online? I know I kind of addressed this on the front end, and to be fair, I don't know. I don't know exactly how long meetings will be like this. I think it will probably look different per group. So if you have a group of four people versus a group of 15 people. With, a, with 15 children? Exactly. Um, it, it may look very different for you. Um, you might have to get creative and think about breaking up as men and women. Like I was kind of saying earlier, that way it's more manageable, it's smaller. Um, you know, one, one um, group of spouses can care for the kids while the other meets and then vice versa. I think that might be the way to go moving forward for a little bit. Um, but right now, I would say keep meeting on Zoom, keep meeting digitally um, until we feel like it's safer for us to be meeting physically. I know some groups have even gone creative and like met in a parking lot six feet apart. I think that's awesome. So just know that I'm not condoning things like that. I think that's great. Um, condemning. I am condoning. I'm not condemning. I'm condoning things like that. Um, so yeah, if you if your group wants to get creative, meet on the driveway and sit six feet apart, just know that I think that's great. I think you should also maybe consider still taking some safety precautions, like everyone washing their hands, making sure you're not making physical contact, stuff like that. Um, but for now, continue meeting online and we will give you updates. You know, we do those Tuesday um, calls and so, or sorry, Tuesday Facebook Lives. So we'll, we'll let you know as soon as we feel like that that is appropriate. Um, and then the other thing I do wanna encourage you is, you know, we stream our gatherings online on Sundays. And I think this could be a really cool opportunity for groups to begin kind of gathering around the gathering. So do a watch party on Facebook to where your group members can all kind of jump on and watch the service if you can. Um, you know, and eventually what I'd like to see is, you know, while we might not be able to meet on Sunday for a while, we may get to the point to where it's comfortable to meet in homes and we can watch the Sunday gathering together as a group. And so just be thinking about that as a group leader. Um, you know, we're going to again, come up with some more resources to help you with that, but I just want to put that on your radar to be thinking about, to get creative with that kind of stuff. So. All right, question number two, what do I do if I have a group member who regularly hijacks the meeting and dominates the group discussion with their life issues? Me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having to grab the mic back right now. No, um, this is so difficult, especially the current way that we're meeting. When we're in person, it's so much easier to make eye contact with somebody, kind of even make some kind of hand motion, like, okay, well, we're going to keep moving. I'm doing it right here. Like you can see me, <laughs> but, um, you know, helping people realize that like that discussion is kind of cut off. We're moving on. Um, but because we're moving over, we're meeting over zoom, there's a couple things that you can do. One, if you have somebody that is being like disrespectful or really um, sharing an inappropriate story, which I truly hope is not the case for you guys, but if it is, as the host, you can always mute that person and put a hard stop to it. Um, generally, we would not do this, but um, there might be a case where that's necessary. And so it's good to, as you're using Zoom, just look at all the different options that you have there or whichever software you do choose, um, because most of them do have a way that you can mute if you're the host of the, the call. Um, this also is helpful if everybody's talking over each other and there's no way to to kind of get back the control of the conversation. Um, but more than likely, you'll wanna approach this a little bit more gently. Um, and that's jumping into the conversation and letting them know that this maybe is better discussed on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Hey, Becky, thanks so much for sharing that information. I'd really like to talk to you more about that one-on-one. -on -one. Let's get together after this call. 
Um, it's just a quick and easy way to say what you're saying matters, but also we kind of have to move along. Um, another way to do this, and I've got a friend who does this really well, is to set boundaries before the meeting even begins, maybe through text or through email. You can clarify that, hey, when we meet tonight, tomorrow, whatever the, whatever day that is, um, we're going to spend our first 20 minutes catching up, taking turns so that everybody can be heard. But then I want you to share what is God teaching you through your personal study, or we're going to discuss these questions from Sunday's message. Um, if you kind of lay out time expectations, then when you see the 20 mark come up and you start to gain control of the, the chatter, you don't look like... Um, like a dictator of the of the meeting you look like somebody who is going okay this is important that we care for each other well and this is how we do this best by everybody having their turn everybody sharing because as much as um, we think that we all have wonderful advice nothing is going to impact where they are more than scripture and their time with the lord and so every time that we can point them back to that is incredibly valuable but i do think that it, Establishing expectations ahead of time will be your best friend in this. Mm, yeah, that's really good. All right, question number three. How should I help a group member who posts things on social media that are controversial or maybe even concerning? You know, I think this is a very good question. In fact, right now... Very with, timely. <laughs> yes, it is, because with everything going on with uh, a lot of people on social media, you know, governors and government authorities, you know, making decisions on different things and people sharing their opinions about those things. Uh, it may be revealing right now to see maybe some of the people in your group, what they're sharing on social media and so on. This has actually been a topic that I wanted to address for a bit, uh, just because I think, you know, our witness as Christians can be so hindered by how we use social media if we don't use it well. Mm -hmm. And so um, honestly, what I would first encourage you to do is um, to make sure that you aren't responding to that post on social media. Um, Amy, you made a really good point of that earlier that I didn't even think of, but, um, but yeah, just make sure not to engage with that post on social media. It's much better, it's always better to, uh, to approach someone in person. Mm -hmm. I think that's the example we're given in scripture as well when it comes to confronting someone about their sin. Second thing I'd note as well, uh, you know, Jesus talks about be careful with the log in your own eye. You know, make sure that you are setting a good example for yourself, for your leaders about how you use social media. You know, if you have political opinions, I'll be quite honest, I don't think the best place to share those is on social media. I don't think it's best to share what you think about the government and so on on Facebook. And I understand we all have a right to our own opinion. And um, I think that this doesn't mean that you have to always agree with those who are in authority and leadership. However, as Christians, I think we need to model really well for our people what submission to authority looks like. That's Romans 13. And how we can be, um, you know, light and, and hope on when in even the ways that we use things like social media. Um, but as far as it concerns confronting a member in your group who's posting these things, first thing I would tell you is make sure that you pray and ask God for spiritual wisdom and just discernment about timing. Like, Lord, when is a good time to approach? Is this a good time for me to approach my group member about this? And, and how? How is the best way to do this? Ask for the Spirit to help you to do this in love. You know, we talk about in our competencies, encouragement of others, that again, you need to see confronting a believer about their sin, not as something that is condemning or judgmental, um, but is for their good. It should always be done in love. Um, 
The second thing I would say is make sure that you approach them individually. This is not something I would bring up to the group. This is not something I'd bring up in group time. Uh, as far as it concerns approaching someone about their sin, it's always one-on-one -on -one first. You don't go to their spouse or someone else to go to them first. Um, if, if you are someone who notices that about someone, it's, it's you who should be approaching them about it. And so pray, ask for wisdom and how to approach this group member. Um, and when you do that, I think, uh, one, you can acknowledge to them just the struggle of social media, how it's really easy to, um, to get frustrated by what people share um, and to, to be so tempted to kind of share what you think about everything on there. Um, but just be very prepared to help share with them how as Christians we should view social media, how we should use social media for the good of others and for building them up. You know, come along with some scriptures that, um, you know, you can point to as far as showing on how everything we should be doing as believers is for the good of others, for building them up, for encouraging um, others. I saw something uh, by Ray Ortland in how he shared about how he uses social media. And um, there's a passage in Isaiah that talks about um, encouraging the weary and how his approach to social media is everything that I do, everything that I share. I want it to be something that can encourage those who are weak right now, who are weary, who are exhausted. You know, you can use social media to be a good witness to the hope that we have as Christians, the hope of the gospel. And so um, just, you know, seeing social media as a tool as Christians that we can use to help others and to be careful not to use that to be a hindrance to our witness. And when you approach them, I think you can say something, you know, like, hey, as a brother or as a sister in Christ, you know, I've, I've just noticed some of these things that you've posted or shared recently online that have just seemed unlike you. And as a friend, you know, I want to share my concern for how, how other people might feel about this or how this might be perceived um, about these things that, that are being posted online. You know, honestly, they may not be aware. They may not be thinking about that. They may not be thinking about what the non-believer, how they're viewing their post and so on. Um, and so I think helping them see like, hey, we, we just as Christians want to be careful about um, some of the things we say and how they might come across to others. Um, and so uh, I think helping them see the danger in social media and how we as Christians can harness this for the good of others. I know this is a sensitive conversation. I know that, you know, if you're like me, you hate conflict. However, you know, as, as Christians, as spiritual leaders of others, um, it's really important that we see this as being something that's for their good ultimately. And so sometimes the best thing that group members need is a gentle, loving rebuke to, to help them walk in the right way. And so, you know, it depends upon each uh, situation. So if you have a sticky situation like this and you want some more guidance, please feel free to reach out to us and we'd love to, to help you in any way we can. But that's kind of that's kind of my two cents. So, no, I think that's good. And I think even as leaders. Um, we might see something really funny, but something that I've noticed is that I need to make sure that the person that I'm sharing that shared the post isn't inappropriate. Right. Because so often um, there's, you know, a funny meme, something going on, but the sharer of the post yeah. has, you know, a really inappropriate name or other things. So just just constant wisdom yeah. as we're using social media is right. it's a good reminder for me personally. Yeah. And, um, and so I think it's good information, Hunter. Okay. So... What should I do if a member of my group gets sick? We know that just because the social restrictions are starting to lift. Oh, there goes that cat. cat. <laughs>
Sorry, I didn't mean to do that in, uh, in conjunction with Hunter. So just because we know social restrictions are starting to lift, that does not mean that we're free from seeing our group members be sick or go through really hard times. Um, just like we would really at any other time, we want to offer support and encouragement to these group members. We want you to let the church know so that we can both be praying for them, we can reach out when is appropriate, but some other really tangible ways that your group can help is just organize food drop-offs, even if it's takeout or DoorDash, something that um, you know maintains the social distancing still, um, or even offering a grocery pickup. Uh, you know, uh, my husband uh, recently had surgery, and so friends dropping food or saying, hey, I'm going to Publix, can I grab anything for you? It is such a um, weight off of my mind and, and such a great help. All of these options keep you from having to be in close proximity, but you are bringing peace and comfort and caring well. Um, if they have children, maybe drop off activity items like colored pencils, puzzles, things that help keep kids occupied so that this parent or grandparent can rest or recover. Um, but more than anything, just continue to, um, to care well for them and let us know so that as the church, um, as, as the discipleship um, folks, we can also care for them. I didn't know what to yeah. call us. I'm yeah. director, but you're minister. minister so yeah. as the minister directors, we can also care for these people. The discipleship dudes or dudes yeah you see this is why i didn't say that all right well okay now last question what do i do if i have a group member who does not come prepared each week and has a lot of questions Uh, you know this is a really good question it's another one that i think you know we we as group leaders might want to uh, make sure that we're addressing individually first Mm -hmm. especially on zoom calls right now you know if you've got a group member who's not um completing the work or the reading or whatever and is kind of taking over conversation with a ton of questions um, I know that can be frustrating because it might seem to take over group time. Um, but really, this this is, a, I think, a matter of preparation as well as the expectations that have been set for the group. So my first question would be, you know, have you clearly set the expectations for your group, um, you know, about how group time is to be used, about how, how, you know, their expectations on them for coming prepared each week? And are you setting those expectations regularly? You know, I don't think it's it's good enough to just set them on the beginning of group and never revisit them. In fact, I find myself having to regularly kind of revisit expectations, make sure that we're spending good time in the Word each week, checking in on how everyone's reading is doing, all that kind of stuff. And then honestly, if, if they, despite doing all of that, are uh, still having a ton of questions um, that are kind of taking away from the group time or distracting, honestly, I would just say, hey, listen, we can follow up with this after group time or, uh, you know, I'll... I I can send some resources afterwards. Uh, If you have a group member who is regularly not coming prepared, uh, you know, this is where I say I I would pull them aside individually and and just kind of see what's going on. It it may be something at home to where they're really struggling um, to, you know, get get the reading done or something like that. And maybe you can help counsel them in a certain way of helping them um, protect time each week to where they can um, complete the reading. Um, but yeah, I know that AC is like nonstop uh, squeaking. And if you can't hear it, it's it's quite it's lovely. quite annoying. I'm like <laughs> I can't think. But uh, anyway, so so that could be it. it. It might just be that you know you as a group leader might need to kind of be um, you know a, I don't know kind of really challenge them, and I think push them and going listen, you're only going to get out of this group what you're willing to put into it, and if you're coming to group having spent five minutes looking at the study guide or not really spending enough time in the group, 
yeah, you're going to have a lot of questions. And also, you're not going to feel like you're getting a lot out of this. And so, you know, even at the end of Galatians, Paul talks about we reap what we sow. And so if we're not sowing good time in the word throughout the week, good time, you know, coming prepared and in prayer, we're not going to reap that much. And so helping them see that, helping them take the steps they need to set, set, a, set an aim or a goal and, and help them reach that each week. I think this is a great opportunity for you as a group to help walk alongside this group member. And then in the end, if they're still not coming prepared and they're still not doing the work and they, you can just tell, tell that they may not really care that much, I think that is where we would take the next step and maybe having a little harder conversation about, listen, you know, for the sake of the group, um, if this doesn't get better, you know, we might have to, to ask you to consider to leave or why are you, you know, why, why do you come to a group each week? Is it for the friendship and the fellowship and so on? And what can we do to maybe help you get more engaged in the group? So Amy, any thoughts? I was just thinking, you know, usually when you see something like this come up, it's a symptom mm-hmm. of something that's deeper that's right. going on. So whether it's, um, you know, some people might not show might show up and seem like they haven't done the preparation or ask a ton of questions because they're so very unsure of themselves in scripture and so it's just a matter of as group leaders as you guys get to know your people well Mm. it's an opportunity to to really guide them in all of the different areas of of how they live their life is it because they're not managing their time are their kids just exhausting them um so I would treat these things as symptoms Mm. and not as the problem itself as much as you know digging a little deeper and seeing how we can be supportive. And if they feel really unsure about their knowledge of the word, let's encourage them to get in that. Maybe even having a conversation before group. And I know that that asks more of you. And as group leaders, you guys have a lot on you right now as well. Mm. But sometimes even having a pre-conversation of, hey, we're going to go into group in about 30 minutes. What questions might you have that you know, so that everybody's able to ask questions or what did you think of this reading? And even that prompt might have them get back into it or knowing that they're going to be answering you before they're answering everybody else. Um, There's just the accountability of that might be helpful. Yeah. And I think the last thing I'd say is just remember to have patience. Mm. You know, Jesus had a lot of patience (laughs) and a lot of grace with his disciples. And after spending three years with them, they all deserted him. So, you know, we, we can, we just know that uh, it takes time Mm -hmm. to grow. And, um, and as group leaders, we're, we should be very aware of that, especially with our people. So be patient, be gentle, be loving. Um, but at the same time, I think we can also challenge our people, um, in, in love. So, well, group leaders, I hope you found this really helpful. Um, and, uh, I have to say, I really wish this was in person. I really wish we were with you guys and could have discussion afterwards and just share about how our groups are going and, um, and check in with you. But, uh, but yeah, so we hope that this conversation was helpful. If you have any questions about anything that was discussed, or maybe you have some unanswered questions, please reach out to us. We lo- we are here for you guys. We, we want to, uh, equip you in the best way that we can. Uh, but also if, if you have anything that you want us to be praying about or anything that we can help you with, again, please don't hesitate to reach out. It's what we're here for. And so with all that said, um, we hope to see you soon. Yeah. Thanks guys. We really appreciate you. And mm. Um, like Hunter said, we are in your corner, so please use us. That is that is why we're here. Yep. Yeah.